Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor, and this is the fourth and final part of our J2 season previews for 2024. In a moment, you'll hear me chatting to John Steele about Renault for Yamaguchi, Oita Trinita, and Kagoshima United. Then, Gary Irwin tells us about Roasso Kumamoto, and Daniel Kuroda talks to his friend Chikashi Toyojima about the VAR in Nagasaki. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, part four, uh, John and James here to talk about a few more teams, the last few teams actually, before handing over to some special guests. Uh, John, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks, uh, James. Yeah, it's been a lot, long, hard road of a season previewing, but I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Yes, the new season is just a few days away. And, uh, well, let's let's talk about our last few teams all down in uh, in Kyushu, or close to Kyushu. We'll start with the one that's close. It's Renault for Yamaguchi, who uh, got a new manager and quite a few changes in the off-season, I think. What, uh, what have you thought about them? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about here, to be honest, uh, James. Obviously, Yamaguchi uh, did not have a vintage season in 2023. They ended up finishing 20th. Uh, and just escaping relegation by five points, right? They they finished five mm-hmm. points clear of the drop zone. This was a bit of a downturn after finishing 15th in 2021 and then 16th in 2022. So a bit of a, a regression for them last year. Uh, in response to that, they've uh, hired a new manager for this year. And I think he's an interesting appointment. I'd like to get your thoughts on him as well in a minute. Ryo Shigaki. Um, he's previously managed in J3 at Hachinohe for about 22 games, so sort of two-thirds of a season. And he's only 43 years old. That makes him a, a, a young pup uh, by managerial standards, I think. And his sort of career trajectory is very interesting. He's had time in the UK um, as a, an academy coach at Manchester United and an assistant manager at Tramia Rovers under Brian Little. So, uh, yeah, plenty, kind of a, an unusual uh, path to, to the Yamaguchi hot seat, I think it's fair to say. I know he speaks English very well because um, he worked as a translator, as uh, at Manchester United has mentioned. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what he can do with the team at Yamaguchi. On the playing side, um, a few interesting players have come in, uh, haven't they, as they try to kind of um, make a, a sort of stronger basis than they had last season. So I, I like the look of Junto Taguchi, a uh, goalkeeper who's caught the eye at Ryukyu in the past. He He's come in uh, and I assume he'll be uh, maybe the starting goalkeeper, although we'll wait to see. They've also signed another goalkeeper, Koshiro Itohara. He's coming from Totori in, uh, in J3, so two new goalkeepers. And then there's a player that you'll know a lot about, uh, James Junior Kato's joined from mm. uh, Kanazawa. Uh, and Kylie Shimbo, uh, I feel obliged to mention him uh, whenever I can for some reason. He's back uh, from his loan at Iwate uh, last season. So I think in terms of players coming in, most of them are from either J3 or from a team that was relegated to J3 last season. So perhaps uh, there isn't a Rock the City signing amongst them. One player who we, we should probably mention who's coming is Yamato Wakatsuki. Now he's arrived, he's a striker. He's coming from Shonan Belmare. So he's joining from J1 where he couldn't get much game time at Shonan. But he has spent a couple of years at Sion in Switzerland uh, in uh, earlier on in his career and has one goal in 17 appearances uh, there, but no, no goals yet uh, in the J-League. So um, I assume that there, there's a player with a lot of potential there because you, you don't get to, to go to, to Switzerland at a young age and have some game time if you're not good. So he hasn't made the grade at Shonan. Is there a, a player in there? And uh, I think especially for Yamaguchi, is there a striker in there 
um, because they will need goals uh, or more goals than last season. He, he, a lot of uh, weight on his shoulders, I think. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he does. In terms of the players leaving, um, we're losing a, a pod favourite. I think Daisuke Yoshimitsu, uh, the goalkeeper, he's gone to Niigata. Uh, Shinya Yajima has moved to Shimizu, so he's uh, elsewhere in J2 for this season. And they're losing... I was going to use the word firepower, but these guys all misfired really last season, didn't they? So Shuhei Otsuki, uh, striker, is retired. Yusuke Minagawa, a famous uh, battering ram forward, uh, didn't have his contract renewed. And it was the same for Daisuke Takagi. Uh, so we won't be seeing his uh, sort of Jaws style uh, black black and gold mouth guard uh, very often uh, uh, this season, I don't think. Uh, and we should mention some important players who are staying on. Kentaro Seki. Uh, another pod favourite goalkeeper, he, he'll be there uh, again next season. So an interesting battle probably for the, the goalkeeper jersey with Junto Taguchi uh, developing there. Uh, defender Henan uh, of our favourite goal line clearance of the millennium, mm. uh, he's back, so that's good. Uh, Tsubasa Umeki stays on up front, so the, again, there'll be pressure on him to get goals. Silvio Junior, who had a few impressive cameos up front as well last season, is mm. staying. And Tayo Igarashi, his loan from Kawasaki Frontale has been extended for another season, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. I like him a lot. Interestingly, I was just on Yamaguchi's website, Tayo Igarashi's uh, been moved up to the forward section. Uh, which I think is, a, uh, I know we've discussed previously about it, who is a midfielder and who is a forward, but um, yeah, he's definitely a midfielder. Mm. So the idea of him being used more as a, a forward player or, or having his designation changed is interesting. And I think it perhaps speaks to my main concern for Yamaguchi for this season. I like the managerial appointment. I think it's bold. I think it's fresh and I think it's creative. Um, I like some of the players that have come in. Uh, Junior Kato is a good player, proven at J2 level. Uh, Junto Taguchi, I also think, can do a good job in J2. There's perhaps question marks about the other players coming in. Uh, but they are going to struggle for goals, I think. Um, they might get enough goals to stay up, but I'm, I don't know where enough goals are going to come from to get them as high as, you know, sort of the, the, the giddy heights of 15th or 16th that they've had in the past. So uh, I predict a hard... Uh, slog probably with some uh, interesting football, inter- interesting tactics from your Shigaki, but uh, a struggle for goals uh, possibly in 2024. What, what, what do you think, James? Yeah, I think it will be a struggle for Yamaguchi um, because it always is really, um, and that's that's the limitations of of that club. I think they they try to play good football, they try to develop players and managers as well. I think, but it, it doesn't always work out. Uh, I agree that Ryoshigaki is a very interesting appointment. Um, he was FC Osaka last year, wasn't he? Their first first year in the J League, and they did very well. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that this is going to be like um, uh, Natsuka's first season with Yamaguchi, where we see promise. And I'm hoping that that it will be able to continue from there rather than end the way it did with Natsuki, because um, they do have some some promising. There's Junior Kato, you mentioned him. He's a very, very good player. He was good at Gunma. He was good at Kanazawa, but unfortunately not good enough to keep us up. He was our joint top scorer with nine goals um, and provided plenty of assists as well. So I expect him to to be very important for them. And Igarashi as well. We know you mentioned him as a good player. Um, then they've, yeah, they've still got uh, Georgie Ikigami as well, who I think is, is again going to have to do at most of the the scoring because like Oldski didn't do it, Minogawa didn't do it, Yajima's gone, Takagi 
uh, didn't really do it last year. He's gone. He was being played as a right back for a lot of last year for some reason, and I don't understand why. Um, but their defence was a was a concern. Their defence was awful, and I can't see that they've really changed much of their defence. With Gene Ikoma's gone, which perhaps will help. <laughs> sounds sounds mean, but um, he wasn't the only culprit. Um, well, Daisuke Matsumoto left mid-season, and and that that didn't really help either. Um, they've still got Henan, who um, he's getting on a bit, but you can't fault his work rate and his commitment. And they've still got uh, he's not not a defender, but Koji Yamase trying to extend his scoring streak into its twenty-fifth consecutive season, which I hope he does because, uh, well, it's amazing and it's good to see a player with longevity still actually. Um, contributing at least something rather than just taking a paycheck and living off uh, what reputation and longevity. So, yeah, I'm hoping that things go well for Yamaguchi, We're in, in exciting new manager, some exciting players, but I can't see anything other than a difficult year for them. Mm. And uh, staying with this sort of uh, downbeat uh, mood. Let's talk about Oita Trinita, shall we? Because I, I can't see anything other than a bit of a struggle for them this year. Mm, yeah, Oita, I'm, I'm wary of uh, James because I think last this time last year I <laughs> said I don't really see them doing anything, and then they they kind of had a playoff tilt for a while, albeit perhaps not an entirely convincing one, and they they ultimately fell away and ended up finishing ninth. I also noticed they were the only team in the top half last season that ended with a negative goal difference. I think they ended mm-hmm. up on minus two um, in the top half of the table. So something uh, something weird uh, happening there. Um, I share your pessimism though about Oita again so I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not uh, intelligent enough to be to be wary to be that wary so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to jump in jump in two-footed again uh, for for the second year in a row um, we should mention that they're under new management at Oita in a sense it's uh, Tomohiro Katanosaka who is back at the mm. helm uh, at the uh, at the big eye uh, this time isn't he he previously had six years in charge oita from 2016 to 2021 and he was successful he won the j3 title uh, in his time there when they went down to the 30th so they do say never go back don't they um mm. i'm not sure why they've turned to him uh, again, although he is he's very, very well remembered, obviously he, he moved on to to take up a position at Gambaro didn't he? Which didn't work out mm. uh, after leaving Oita last time. So he's back, perhaps a little bit with his reputation um, battered, I think, for, from from that spell at, at Gambaro So we'll see how he does. Um, I think they've lost some important players in this transfer window. And again, uh, we talked about with Yamaguchi how obviously you know it's a small market team; they have small crowds. They, in terms of Yamaguchi's players coming in, it's it's players from from J3 or it's loans or it's youth team players or, or university players. And Oita, similarly, much bigger club than Yamaguchi, but you know the purse strings are very tight, uh, and you can really see that. In terms of the players that have gone out, it's uh, Keita Takahata, sort of exciting, mm-hmm. um, you know, a wider defender, attacker type figure. He's he's gone to Iwata. He'll be uh, missed, I think. Kazuki Fujimoto doesn't score as many goals as I think he should, but I think he's a really, really good dribbler. 
Yeah. Um, usually on the left side of the attack, he's gone to Machida, so he'll get a chance in J1. And uh, Katsunori Uebisu is kind of one of the important kind of enterprising defenders in their sort of three centre-back system. He's moved up to J1 uh, at Tosu. So they, they've moved on three players all to J1, which uh, kind of speaks well of the kind of club development, but they, they'll leave some big gaps uh, to be filled. And I'm not really sure how well they, they're going to fill these gaps. Um, when you look at the players coming in, they have a, a new goalkeeper, a uh, Korean Moon Kyung-gun, coming in from Jeju United in the K-League. I, I know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. Atsuki Satsukawa, uh, left, uh, left-sided uh, defenders, coming from newly promoted Kagoshima. So I guess he's the replacement for Takahata. Uh, again, he has a good reputation at J3 level, but we will see. One player who I think is uh, as nailed on as it can be to be a hit is Yudai Fujiwara, a uh, centre-back who's joined on loan from Urawa now. He was on loan at Machida in their title-winning season in J2 last year and played 29 times. So he mm-hmm. does have proven J2 experience and he's a good defender. So I think mm-hmm. he, he will probably play a lot and he will uh, help out Oita a lot at the back. Other players coming in are all either promoted from Oita's under-18s uh, team or newcomers from university so again my knowledge on them is very thin um there aren't any names that i recognize or i'm, I'm uh, particularly sure about so the in, players coming in a bit bit thin on the ground no no kind of new forwards or midfielders um you know with recognized kind of j league experience so i think that is a worry on the other hand if we're being more positive some important players are staying like konoski nishikawa the goalkeeper mm-hmm. um brazilian uh, center backs derlan and pereira who are by j2 standards should we call them fairly solid um, yeah. they're, they're staying yeah. masaki yumiba the kind of anchor in midfield i was pretty sure he would leave so i think it's good that they've kept him and uh, kind of the sort of other attackers um i think to be honest yamaguchi will be eyeing this group uh, very enviously yamato machida Naoki Nomura, Arata Watanabe, Kohei Isa, they've all stayed. And we had this curious case with Shun Nagasawa, you know, Sa- Sam Robson's uh, friend. He um, was released, wasn't he, at the end of last season? Mm. But then he's now come back and signed a new deal uh, mm. for this year. So I'm not really sure what went on there, whether there was some kind of disagreement over wages, contract length, conditions and terms. I don't know whether um, the club thought they could get somebody better or Nagasawa thought he could get uh, somewhere better. And it's... Uh, Anyway, it's all it's all water under the bridge uh, now, and he he's back. But um, yeah, I, I think to be honest, if you look at the the core of that squad and some of the players that I mentioned that are staying, I think there is a top ten team there, um, which is you know e- even with the players that are leaving, I just have a hard time seeing them going much higher than that. And I think if Katanosaka, who I'm not sure how good a manager he is. Um, and we kind of had this conversation on Oita last year with the with the previous manager, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if it top ten seems quite likely, if, if they can get into the top six, I think uh, Katanosaka will have done a really really good job there. To be honest, what, what, what do you think, James? It sounded like you were quite uh, quite downbeat as well. Yeah, I think we've reversed from last year, um, and my concern is that although they have kept a lot of their uh, important core from last year, like you mentioned, Nishikawa, Derlan, Pereira, Nomura, um, Yumiba. After that, I'm not sure there's that much depth. Mm. And they, they, they've, they've promoted some youngsters from the under-18s and they've signed some youngsters from, uh, three, three from the same university. But apart from that, I mean, and, and well, apart from that, I'm not sure there's much, but also... Um, how well is Katanosaka going to be able to 
have like half a team of rookies and half a team of these experienced players that are already there. I mean, you can't really throw that many youngsters in in one go, can you? Mm. Um, well, maybe you could, but I'm sure there would be a lot of hiccups. And I think, yeah, last year we were um, not sure about them at the start of the year, but then they had a really good start and they were sort of keeping pace with Magida for the first few months of the season. Then it fell away and they were pretty poor for the second half of the season and ended up finishing mid-table. Um, I think this year, can't see them starting as well as they did last year, but I could see them having those kind of um, problems in terms of form. I think they, who's going to score? They've got Samuel, but he, I think he was injured for part of last year, and but he, he's not a big, well, hasn't been a big scorer so far. Should, I should mention real quick, James, his uh, his profile picture is not yet updated on Oita's website. All, all the other players have got their 2024 season picture, but Samuel hasn't. I don't know whether that's because they've got him in the gym on some kind of intensive um, <laughs> training programme or not, but uh, yeah, no, no, no picture for him yet. Trying to bulk him up even more or just <laughs> bulk him down a bit, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, and then this thing with Nagasawa was it was strange. It, it released and then announced as signing again. Yeah, no, no idea what went on there, but I mean, he's he'll be good for a few goals, but I can't see him like having the kind of year that, say, Juanma had last year, suddenly scoring like 26 goals or whatever. Mm. So it's. Um, yeah, I'm concerned. I think this is going to be like last year you said about Shimotaira. We'll, we'll be able to see just how good a manager he is from how he does with that squad. I think the same with Katon Osaka. I know he has previously done very well with Oita, taking him from J3 to the Emperor's Cup final um, and, you know, to J1 and, and, and keeping him in J1 for a few years. I think this year is also going to be a real test of his managerial and coaching abilities. Can he turn this squad into promotion chasers because that is obviously what they're going to be aiming for at least the playoffs they can't be can't be happy with you know avoiding relegation or finishing mid-table they're going to want to be up in the top six at least so mm. yeah we'll see um but yeah, like you said he's probably got a lot to prove uh, after his uh, unsuccessful year at, at gamba and so yeah it will be interesting to watch oita Another team it will be interesting to watch is uh, the other team that come up from J3, the, the runners-up last year, Kagoshima United. Um, I didn't know much about them, so uh, we asked Mike for some info, and um, he gave us some really good notes. But what, before we well, before we mentioned that, what, uh, what have you made of Kagoshima's business? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we should we should uh, give Mike Mike Innes a shout out. Uh, without him, we'd be uh, this uh, section would be uh, perilously short, wouldn't it, James? So yeah, thanks thanks for the thanks for the hook up, Mike. It's it's appreciated. Yeah, on Kagoshima, um, obviously, yeah, they were promoted from uh, J three last year after finishing second, but it was uh, very uh, very tight, wasn't it? I think they just mm. edged out Toyama on goal difference. Mm. So you know, Ehime Ehime were champions and about nine points clear. So they they were kind of a, it was a procession for them to get into uh, back into J two for Kagoshima. It was a bit more bit more difficult. They had to work work extremely hard to to get that second place finish on goal difference. Um, and I think if they're going to stay up 
this season, which of course will be the, the always the goal for a newly promoted team, they're going to have to, uh, I think, go into uncharted territory, aren't they? I think they've only had five seasons in the J-League total mm-hmm. uh, at this point, and they've only been in J2 once before, uh, and that season ended in, in relegation. They finished 21st and went straight back down. So they will have to uh, kind of create a club history uh, if they are to survive. Uh, on the positive side, I think they are fairly well equipped to mount a, a good kind of survival campaign. I don't know too much about the manager. Is it Yasuaki Oshima? Is that yeah. the, the manager? So he previously had a caretaker manager spell at Kagoshima for about two months back in 2021. And then he kind of came in as an emergency appointment in August last season. So just for the last kind of three or four months mm. of the campaign and ended up leading them to promotion. So his his stock will be pretty high uh, after that, I think, after, after earning promotion. They have signed, I think, some pretty good players for a newly promoted J2 team. So um, the players that call out Akira Ibayashi uh, come in and at centre-back from Shimizu, proven J2 campaigner, knows the league very, very well. Keita Fujimura, of course, uh, James, a painful one for, for you and, and Victor, I think, coming yeah. in from, from Kanazawa, but obviously, again, knows the division very, very well. Wataru yeah. Tanaka, uh, also in central midfield, coming alone from Yamagata. I'm not really sure what he has done wrong. I mean, I'm not saying that being sent to Kagoshima alone is a punishment necessarily, but um, I personally think he could could uh, he's caught the eye for me everywhere he's played i'm not really sure what 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 problem clubs have uh, keeping him he uh, he's a really great get uh, really great pickup for kagoshima though ryo toyama uh, will be wide on the right i think a lot of the time he's on loan from from tokushima so again a player with j2 experience and uh, they've also uh, added two players from gifu so cholwan ono the goalkeeper who i don't know if he will play very much and charles unduka who will give them a kind of pacey uh, option up front although doesn't really have much uh, j2 pedigree i don't think so we, we, we'll, we'll see how he does um next season in terms of players going out i don't think they've lost anybody too major isei ochi the goalkeeper his loan from yokohama fc has finished uh, so he's uh, he's gone uh, atsuki satakawa we talked about in the oita segment so obviously he's made the kind of jump from from one part of kyushu to the other uh, mm. to, to move on to oita and uh, Taku Ishinohama is a player I really like. Uh, he's gone to Kita Kyushu, so again, moving there, but keeping it in Kyushu, but moving moving to a different club. And the player that Mike uh, mentioned was Shunsuke Yamamoto, a kind of a rookie rookie striker with a lot of potential. He's been allowed to leave and go to Yamaguchi. So I think my, Mike's opinion, which we're just going to uh, blatantly steal, uh, is that that might prove to be a bit of a, a, a mistake if, if goals if goals are hard to come by for Kagoshima uh, this season. In terms of the players that are staying, again, uh, it's heavily at Mike, uh, Mike inflected uh, points here, but Shosei Okamoto in defence is, is a big a big uh, player to be to be keeping on. And in terms of wide attackers, they are uh, they do have players who I think can cause to cause trouble in J2. That's Junkie Goryo and uh, the the legendary Ray. Yonezawa. I'd also give a shout out to a player who, again, I'm not sure if he's good or not. Koki Arita, mm-hmm. um, sort of um, decent sort of uh, refrigerator-sized uh, forward, um, who I think he got. Did he, he scored 15 times two years ago, mm-hmm. and then only once last year? I think he had an injury hit season uh, last year. So whether he can recapture that form, um, I'm leaning on the side of him not being that good. I think he just had that one good season with 15 goals but um, we, we will see I think he could potentially get amongst the goals for Kagoshima and they will need a, will need a, I think a good big presence up front so um, I think they definitely have enough quality 
in terms of the players that are there already and the players that they brought in to mount a survival challenge. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they did stay up. The only thing I would uh, argue against them is that historically, obviously, the last time they got promoted, they didn't manage to survive. So there'll be some kind of pressure on them. They're in uncharted territory to some extent. And uh, yeah, it's just they're stepping up to a higher level and they only just squeaked in to that second automatic promotion space. So how ready they are for J2, we'll, uh, we'll wait to see. I actually think they might have a similar season to Iwaki last year, mm. where they're actually pretty awful for sort of March and April. And by, by Golden Week, we're kind of already writing them off and then they, they, they come back. So um, I, I would give them a, I'd give them a, a hairy arse to puncher's chance of staying up. Uh, James, what do you think? Uh, it was delightfully put. Yeah, I think, and also with three teams going down as well, makes it harder. But mm. yeah, I'm, I'm like Mike said, they've they've um, they haven't really lost too many of the key players from last year. Um, you mentioned a few. I'm really interested in the signings. Like, of course, um, Keita Fujimura broke Victor's heart, um, and um, Victor probably still not over it. Um, but he's, yeah, very good signing. He, I expect, will uh, be the kind of the man who leads them around the pitch, right? As he did for Kanazawa for six years, I think, something like that. He's there. Yeah, an, an, an annoyingly good player. I think when he played against your Calm FC last time. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like, Wataru Tanaka as well. Very, uh, I like watching him at Yamagata. He's he's a good, quite an exciting player. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that, that they let him leave, but yeah, it might just be for experience. And yeah, Ryo Toyama, a couple of years ago, had a, a pretty good year at Matsumoto, and then, yeah, got went to Tokushima on loan and barely featured. So I'd, I'd like to see him get a chance, show what he can do. And another one, yeah, Charles and Dukka, I, I know we have a few uh, Gifu supporting listeners, and I think it seems like Charles and Dukka has kind of flattered to deceive for much of his time at Gifu, but towards the end of last season, finally started to do the business. And so we'll see whether he can uh, continue that and, and do it at, at Kagoshima. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know what, like, like, like usual, I don't really know. I don't know what to expect, but I, I, yeah, I, I think um, it will be probably a difficult year for them but I mean they've got every chance of staying up because I well it's J2 so who the hell knows what's going to happen mm. <laughs> yeah exactly we took us took us a long time to say that over four yeah. pods but that's, that's <laughs> where we've arrived four episodes uh, to say who the hell knows um well we we haven't covered all the teams yet though we're going to take a quick break and after the break you're going to hear about two more uh, Nagasaki and Kumamoto Hello JTalk listeners, it's that time of year again and I know you've been patiently waiting for the Ruasso Kumamoto preview. Well, it's me, Gary Irwin, and I've been patiently waiting all winter for Ruasso to sign, well, anyone, anyone exciting. The first question John has left me was, which new signings are you most excited about? And unfortunately, I can't bring my excitement level uh, above anything. Uh, it's it's really just tepid at the moment. We've only signed people from university or just from our underage teams. We did sign a couple of left backs, 
but um, they're kind of re-signings and loans. Uh, we haven't signed anyone exciting. I, I patiently waited all of January and most of February for us to sign someone, anyone, but uh, it didn't materialise. No, j- just going down to our signings. We did sign uh, cover for most of the pitch. We signed a goalkeeper, uh, Shibuki uh, Sato, from straight from university, uh, a defender, uh, Takumi Sakai. Yeah, we got him from Aomori. Uh, he's not a youngster. He's twenty five. Uh, he's one of the left backs we signed. Um, we got Iwashita. Yes, uh, he played with us before in J three. So he's um, he went to Raysol. And hasn't played much there, so we've loaned him back. So I expect he'll play some part this season. Um, maybe he's our, our biggest <laughs> signing. <laughs> uh, in midfield, we have another uh, Chihiro Kanagawa um, University signing. Uh, Fuji, another university signing. He's attacking midfielder. We signed some strikers, uh, Korean from uh, was it Kyushu Sangyo University. Um, so I think the average... Age of all our signings is about 19 or 20. So I don't expect too much from them. Um, maybe they'll just be used as cover. Maybe one or two can break into the side, hopefully. But uh, as one of the other questions asked, um, how do you feel about your manager? Well, in Takeshi Oki, we trust. I'm sure he can get the best out of them. Yes, Oki, um, after this season, I think Roasso, he's managed the most games of any he's he's been here the longest he's been at any club and uh, as our most successful <laughs> manager uh, he can't do any wrong he can't do any wrong so i'm happy with him uh, for another season he's signed on uh, so let's see how he does which players are you most disappointed to have lost well that's an easy question to answer um, who am i excited to have signed was difficult but who did we lose um, yes, Ray Hirakawa, our captain. He went to Iwata. Uh, yeah, he was a very good player, our top scorer last season. And uh, he left, and I'm sure he'll do well um, playing for Iwata. Yeah, he, he was probably our biggest disappointment. We we lost a few players, some some players retired. Uh, Matsuda, our goalkeeper, retired. He was only 34, which I thought was young for a goalkeeper, but he retired. Uh, Shimamura went to Ray Sol. Um He's an exciting player to watch, but his end product wasn't great. Maybe they can get something more out of him at Raysal. Uh Ihara went to Gifu. I was surprised at that one. Uh, Toshida, uh, he went to Kanazawa. So a few players just scattered around, but uh, the biggest disappointment was Hirakawa. Yeah, he'll be tough to replace. Tough to replace. Who will be your key player this season? Uh, that's an easy one to answer to. Um, Daichi. Ishikawa got injured 17 games into the last season and he'd scored nine goals at that point and he was our top scorer and then he missed the next 30 games and by the end of the season he was still our top scorer <laughs> so he was a big loss we we plummeted down the table um, after he got injured I think he did cruciate ligament so he's just back he should be just back at start of this season if he can hit the form he had at start of last season then we'll do just as good I think as we did at the start of last season. We were we were up in the playoff places there or around and we dropped significantly in the second half of the season when he didn't play and no one could step up and, and score the goals he did. Um, if his injury um, hasn't affected him too badly and he can recapture some of the form he had last season and other people can help him out, 
then uh, he will probably be our, our key player this season. Uh, lastly, where do you hope you'll finish and where do you think you'll finish? I hope we'll finish uh, back in the playoffs like we did uh, two seasons ago. I hope we'll finish up there. And I think if everyone stays fit and there hasn't been too big uh, a shuffle of players in and out, uh, not compared to some of the other sides in J2, um, I think we can do do well this season and finish. If we can get top 10 and make a run to the... The playoffs, I, I would, I would hope. That's that's the most I can hope for. Where do I think we'll finish? Um, as I mentioned, we struggled for goals last season, and um, we're going to be so reliant on Ishikawa. I don't like being reliant on one player to score um, a, a goal every other game. Um, so if we can finish, I think where we'll finish. I think we'll finish where we finished last season, which was fourteenth, which is about right for the form we we had for most of the season. I think we'll finish yeah, mid-table, maybe t- between 10th and 14th. Um, but I hope we can get a run at some stage and perhaps make a go at the playoffs. That would be um, magnificent. But as I said, in Oki, we trust, um, and I'm sure he'll get the best out of uh, the meagre squad we have. Um, uh, I just want to say good luck to all the other teams in J2. It looks like it's going to be a very difficult one to call this year. Um, I've looked, I've tried to predict who's going up, who's going down. It's very hard to call, very hard to call. But it should be a, a very interesting season. And uh, I look forward to listening to the previews every week and the reviews every week when things go well for Oasso. And uh, uh, thanks again, and I'll talk to you all soon. Hello everyone, this is Daniel from Nagasaki Blue and Orange um, on Twitter again. And this time I'm not going to do the preview preview for Vifara Nagasaki by myself, but I have a, a, a new guest on the podcast with me this time. Um, his name is Chikashi Toyoshima, aka Chikao. So Chikao, maybe you can introduce yourself quickly to the listeners. Hello, uh, nice to meet you. I'm Chikashi. Um, I'm from Nagasaki. I've been a Nagasaki supporter since 2018 when the club was promoted to J1 once. And when I lived in Tokyo, I was hopping around the away stadium as a visitor Nagasaki supporter with my wife. Um, my wife is also from Nagasaki. Um, <laughs> yep, that's basically it. Uh, well, actually, I usually work as a software engineer, so I have pretty much freedom to choose where to stay. So, as Nagasaki is having a fantastic stadium, uh, I think in upcoming in October, I actually seriously think about relocating to Nagasaki. Well, that's that's all from my side. <laughs> I'm just slightly, slightly. Um... How do you say? Um, slightly jealous of you now <laughs> because you may be relocating to Nagasaki. But uh, I yeah. will travel there this year and then then we can meet and go to a game together. Yeah, definitely. We are going to meet this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Chikao. Excited. So maybe you can you can tell the listeners what are we what we are going to do today and then we can just get started with the, the first points. 
Okay, so basically we are going to talk about the precision review of Bifara Nagasaki. Uh, we got five topics to talk, so let's go one by one. The first topic is about managers. Um, uh, speaking of Bifara Nagasaki, there are two aspects for us, the one who left and the other one who arrived. So, you know, um, um, as many J supporter may know, our former manager's contract issue is controversial. The club filed a lawsuit against Santos FC in Brazil for um, duplicated contract. I'm not sure how it's going to end, but um, hopefully we're going to grab a win on the court. Oh, anyway, oh, could you like, oh, what's your thought on Fabio Carrillo's departure? Yeah, so I thought that maybe first of all, I will go through a short timeline of what actually happened because I, I, at least for me, I, I lost um, the overview at some point because there were many different um, statements and from the side of Santos, also many different Instagram posts about um, career and about the contract situation. So mm -hmm. first I will go through this timeline and Let's start at the beginning of December. So um, Mifara Nagasaki announced on 4th December 2023 that um, the contract with Fabio Carrillo and his coaching staff had been renewed for the new season. Um, and then uh, just about two weeks later, um, Santos announced Fabio Carrillo as their new manager. And um, th this basically came almost out of nothing. I think there were maybe some rumors um, on Twitter, but I was surprised that really so quickly they announced, actually announced him as new manager. Mifalen um, um, provided a statement where they said that the contract had been signed in November, and then they learned um, in early December um, about the interest of Santos FC, and but the club uh, reconfirmed basically the agreement with Carrillo. So they spoke to him and he advised that he wanted to remain in Nagasaki. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but then on 19th December, Carrillo announced his intention to sign with Santos to Vifaran. Um, but there had been no contact between the clubs, according to Vifaran. So Santos never actually um, sent an inquiry or anything um, to Nagasaki. And um, yeah, as Carrillo signed an extension with Vifaran, um, Vifaran thought that if Carrillo was um, going to a different club, then this club, in this case Santos, would have to pay uh, either a fine or a transfer fee. And the expected fee that was going through the internet um, in the beginning was 1.5 million US dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, as I said, on 19th December, Santos announced Carrillo as a manager. And on 20th December, there was already a press conference where he was introduced as the new manager. Um, I remember also that in November, he had said in an interview with Brazilian media that he was going to sign a new contract with Ifalen and that he already had the plan for the preseason of 2024. Um yeah, but anyway, then on 5th of January, there was still no clarification between the clubs. But at that time, at least, um, Vifadan were able to announce a new manager because, yeah, 
they just accepted the fact that Carrillo was not coming back at this point. Um, so they announced Takahiro Shimotaira as their new manager. Then it got really messy on 12th January. So there was a conference call between the two clubs and um, Santos made a statement where they claimed um, that after this call, it's clear that Carrillo's contract ended on 31st of December, 2023. And they also claimed that his new contract would only start in February, which was kind of awkward, a kind of awkward claim in my opinion. But either way, so Vifaren released a counter statement where they advised that it is true there was this um, conference call, but Santos actually asked them to just take career and not uh, pay any any transfer fee or fine because they had um, a few financial issues. Um, but obviously, Vifaden did not ex- um, accept this. And they said, Santos said that they would come back to Vifaden with an official statement in writing. And nothing happened. And so on 19th January, Vifaden announced that they had contacted FIFA um, for this uh, as they didn't see it as um, they didn't see it as possible anymore that there was going to be clarification between the between the two clubs and the final point I wanted to add to this um, timeline is that actually on February 1st um, it was also announced in Brazil that Santos had been hit with a transfer ban um, because their former manager Fabian Bustos um, had reported Santos I don't know if it was to the Brazilian Football Association or also if this was by FIFA, but this manager had actually reported Santos because they sacked him a few years ago and they didn't pay him the rest of his salary. And this kind of already gives me, I I think this makes it quite obvious um, that Santos seemed to be a bit of a chaotic club at the moment. And so, Chikao, what do you think about this? Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, in the first place, in the first place, I feel so, and yeah, that was quite surprising, but actually not shocking for me. To be honest, I'm a little bit happier that Fabier. <laughs> well, maybe this is. I'm not sure if it's okay to say this kind of thing, but I'm a little bit feeling happy that Fabio Carrera is leaving. Uh, technically, has left Nagasaki. Um. For me, uh, for one and a half years, it's it's been still not clear for me what kind of you know tax, tactics he was trying to do. But yeah, but interestingly, it seems like Carrera is gaining winning streak at Santos FC, and I hope that it goes well for both sides, like Carrera side and you know definitely our club side. And then I I think in some media uh I heard that the fine is expected to be around five million dollars because it includes the surrounding coaches as well. Maybe I'm not accurate, mm-hmm. but I I saw I saw that in some media. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, so yeah, I agree with you completely that it's um. I, I am also, to be honest, I was a bit relieved. And if we far and get um, money back, 
then it would be even better because it would be like we got rid of Fabio and we got paid for it, you know. So it would be actually a win-win situation. So um, I have to say I don't understand why Santos are so much after Fabio Carrier. And I don't know if many people are aware of this, but he actually was um, the uh, manager of Santos FC before for 26 games um, before they let him go a a few years ago. And um, so it seems to me like Santos are not just a very well-run club at the moment. Um, It's true that they are on a winning streak right now, but I would also say because um, this is not the actual um, Serie B, the second division, where they are Mm -hmm. going to play this season, but this is more like this kind of a state uh, championship um, which takes place in the first few months of the year. So some of the clubs they are playing are, I think, from the third, also from the second or third division. So it will be interesting to see how it's going to look once um, they play in the second division. But to be honest, I will not be following it because, yeah, I don't want to hear the name Fabio Carrillo anymore. And I, yeah, I think it's just incredibly unprofessional. And I also think that yeah, I cannot imagine that Vifaren. Yes, yeah, I cannot imagine that Vifaren would be contacting FIFA if they weren't sure that they had a reason to do this. So that's my thought on this. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you know that is unprofessional, and well, if the fine is to be paid, well, I'm I'm pretty much satisfied. The club can, you know, use spend the money for further reinforcement. So, yeah, that's the that's the one thing we can expect from the current situation. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the positive thing as well. So Shimodaira's arrival, uh, new manager Shimodaira's arrival, and expectation. Yeah. I what you saw. To, on Shimodaira's arrival. So um, I wasn't really sure because I didn't know him too well. But first of all, I asked um, John, John Steele, who is the one of the main hosts of the podcast. And he told me that um, what is really notable about Shimodaira is um, that he usually has a really good start to his tenure um, when he's new at a club and takes over the, the head coach's position. And um, so basically, I, I went through some of the statistics, and it's actually very much um, on point what John told me there, because, um, yeah, in I think especially when he took over Yokohama FC, mm-hmm. um, he the first season he took over in May, I think, and they ended up getting promoted in 2018 then it's obviously it's a bit difficult to to compare the second year because they were in j1 so it's not really fair to say yeah if they got relegated for example that's that was his fault but definitely he made a difference in his first season there and um, i also noticed that at oita so he first was at kashiwa then he was at yokohama fc and his last job was um, Oita for the last two seasons and um, 
in the first season with Oeta, I remember that was when they had like a cluster of COVID infections um, early in the year and several games right at the beginning of the season had to be rescheduled. So it was like um, they had to reschedule J2 games and they also had to reschedule the Levain Cup games because they had just been relegated from J1. So they were under Levain Cup and um so many games were rescheduled. And so it came that uh, Oita played nine games in March and eight games in April. And they had a really difficult start to the year. And um, But Shimutaira, he actually, he switched the formation a bit. So he usually has been using kind of a 3-4-2-1 or a 4-2-3-1. Uh, um, but to stabilize things, he, he moved to a 4-2-2 at the beginning of 2022 and managed to stabilize everything. And actually, in the end, Oita had a really good run that season, and they made it into the playoffs. So I think that shows that he is able to make changes and really make a difference with those changes. And um, it, yeah, as I said, it seems that in the beginning, his programs are always working really well, and he manages to improve the teams he's going to. The only thing... Um, a bit worrying for me is like, for example, at Oita in the second season, um, which was 2023, they were kind of similar to the Faden actually. So they, they scored so many goals, they scored many goals, but also conceded almost as many. So it was a bit chaotic there. Um, yeah. So these are the things that were most important for me for now. So what, what do you think about uh, Shimo Taira? Yeah. Um, well, at least I'm uh, way more excited than the previous manager. Um, specifically, I expect that um, his style will like have a better build-up from backline. And I think this season, uh, center midfielders are more crucial, I expect. But speaking of, of formation, I'm not sure which formation is going to be adapted this year but I feel like a 4-3-3 is going to be adapted um I'm curious curious about the, which formation would you expect so I I also wasn't unsure I wasn't yeah. I wasn't sure but um I read an interview with him recently I have to say mm. I use um Google Translate to read the interview. So sometimes I don't get the 100% correct information from when I read something like this um, from Japanese into German or English. And um, so he said in an interview that um, definitely he, it sounded to me like he will definitely playing with four at the back because this is what mm -hmm. Mifaren have been doing. And this is what they do also in the academy. And um, I think... So before at the back, you can do many different things. Um, I am just very curious because for the past one or two seasons, um, we've always had kind of in central midfield, Kuwazaki and um, Kayo. Then sometimes there was Masaru Kato. But like Kayo and Kuwazaki were the main guys in there and they are both gone now. And um, so I'm kind of unsure. Someone also mentioned that at Keita Nakamura can play a bit um, deeper in midfield, but uh, to be honest, I think that would be a waste of his offensive um, abilities. 
So I I think we will probably see. My guess would be it will be a four two three one with mm-hmm. our new guy um, Yamada and yeah, yeah maybe one of the other guys like Mateus Jesus, and mm-hmm. it just depends on like the formation is one thing, but it just depends on how it's interpreted because I think that a guy like uh, Mateus Jesus he is one who can really play in the defensive midfield but also have this impact up front. I, I had a really good impression of him last season. So what do you think it's going to be? Well, as I said, I well, so your expectation, uh, speaking of formation, your expectation is 4-2-3-1, okay? Yeah, I expect the 4-3-3. Yeah, this or 4-3-3. Uh, yeah. Um, Riku Yamada is going to be uh, I expect he's gonna be a, a play as a defensive midfielder, and uh, there mm-hmm. is gonna be three central midfielders. Um, yeah, I think. Um, well, Keita Nakamura is gonna be a key player for creative, um, yeah, mm-hmm. attack, and yeah, I think yeah, for three yeah. C is uh, the formation I expect, but. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, it will be really interesting um, because, for example, um, he had at Oita, he already had um, Asahim Masuyama. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Masuyama last season at, at Vifada and played at, mostly he played as a right a right back. Yeah, right back. Yeah. And, but at, yeah, at Oita, he always used him in right midfield. So yeah. this is also what, something I'm curious because I think Masuyama, he is also a key player or he can be a key player and I'm curious where he will be used. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I really like Masuyama. Yeah, he's super fast. And then uh, yeah, there's a high possibility that Masuyama is likely to be on upfront, uh, unlike last season. But yeah who knows yet <laughs> i yeah, i okay. have to say that um yeah when, so, sorry so i have to say that when it's about the formation yeah. like one thing where i always get stuck is um when it comes to the like offensive midfielders and wingers because mm. i think we have so many players that can play these positions so that's why i'm unsure about the formation because i don't really know who is like who is going to be the players who stand out the most in in the training camps and so on? Because we yeah. have already Nakamura, we have Mateus Jesus who can play offensive and defensive midfield, and we have Sawara and Mateo, uh, uh, Marcos Guillam and Nagura, and we also have some of the younger guys, you know, like Taisei Abe. So mm-hmm. we have really a lot of players. Um, around these parts so it's really going to be interesting and it's good to have a like healthy competition um in the squad yeah definitely i believe so yeah um yeah. uh, let's move on to the next topic uh new signings which are we like which new signing are we most excited about mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Shall I start, or you you can also uh, yeah, if you have one. <laughs> okay. Well, first, please go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. Okay, so actually, we mentioned him already. So I, 
I was most excited for Riku Yamada. Um, on one hand, I'm excited because I think he's a very good player. And at the same time, it was kind of, um, I was really worried about losing both um, Kayo and Kuwasaki. But I think Yamada is, maybe he's both better than both of them. Um, he has already lots of experience and he played for um, for Kofu. There, I also noticed that uh, Yamada is really, every time he has played, he is used to playing with two defensive midfielders. So mm -hmm. that was also a reason why I was thinking of 4-2-3-1. Uh, um, uh, what he's also very good at is with, with deep passes. So he, I think he is a better passer than than Kayo and, and Kuwazaki. Kuwazaki, yeah. So... I don't obviously I don't want to be like negative. Kayo was my favorite player, and I also love Kuwazaki. But I think we have a really good uh, new player here in this case. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that style would be uh, pretty different uh, from the Kayo and Kuwazaki. Yeah, yeah. Um, on my side, so who who did you pick? Yeah. Well, it's difficult to pick, but I personally would pick up Moyo, Malcolm Tsuyoshi. Uh, accordingly, mm -hmm. he's a super fast sideback. And then like Masayama mm -hmm. and um, Malcus, uh, fast players are always entertaining and exciting to watch. <laughs> and then I kind of feel the sense of a strong ambition from him like uh, when I watch his interview. So uh, my big expectation is that like Matsudawa left a big impact in the last season, I highly expect him to bring such an impact, big one as well. That's why I pick up yeah. Moyo. I have one more, like an honorable mention actually for this category, um, yeah. because we signed a central defender, Iki Arai from uh, Chiba. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And um, so he has a lot of experience as well. I mean, uh, Jeff, they had a really good second half of the season. It mm. also, I, I have to say that um, Iki Arai almost didn't play anymore in the second half of the season. I, I hope it was not he who kind of dragged them down. But anyway, um, I noticed that he scored eight goals as a central defender in 2022. So we have... Now we have him who scored once eight goals in one season, and we have um, oh, no, I, I forgot his name for a moment. Kushibiki, our central defender. Kushibiki, of course, yes, uh, yeah. he scored six goals um, <laughs> last season. So we now we have two defender, defender. Yeah, we're gonna have forward. two DFW. Right. Yes. So I am really this. I I don't know if they are going to play together, but. I thought this is definitely, I, I, I was kind of excited, you know, so we are going to have two central defenders who are, who are scoring goals this season. Let's hope they are not causing us to concede too many goals. <laughs> yeah, when we have two defensive forward, <laughs> that's going to be definitely exciting. Well, speaking of central <laughs> uh, centre-back, um, I also expect, highly expect... Um, um, like the Tanaka from Kashiro Raizo. Uh, yes, he's a lefty centre-back. Yeah, he's a lefty centre-back and then he's known to be very good with build-up. So 
and that's gonna probably uh, make the club even more stronger because in the last season the build up from the back line didn't seem to go well so i hope that you know it his uh, joining will um put a po very positive impact on that aspect Yeah, I, I also wrote him down um, because he has quite some, like he had quite some appearances for the Japanese under-20 team. I wrote down yeah. 14 yes. starts for Jap Japan U20. So yeah, we have plenty of also physically, I think he is quite tall. Mm -hmm. I think one, uh, I'm not sure what, I think one made, one meter, 1.88, 188 yeah. centimeters, yeah. Yeah, so this is also going to be. I'm looking forward to to seeing him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, he. He's so talented with at his age. Okay. Um, yeah. Next topic: Which players are we disappointed to have lost? Would you like to go first, Daniel? Sure. So for me, it's um. It could only be Kayo, to be honest, because Kayo was my favorite player. Um, so my first favorite player at Vifaden was um, Kakuda, and then it was mm -hmm. Kayo. So, and now he is leaving, and I kind of feel a bit. What, what I really feel a bit sad about it is also that he doesn't have a new club. Like he's still just training privately, and um, I think probably he made the decision to leave. Um, because um, he had a he had his second or third child now, and mm. I think his first child is going to go to primary school soon. So maybe they he wanted to have, like he wanted to be they wanted to be in Brazil. Nice. Maybe that's the reason why he didn't stay anymore. But this is just my own like I don't have any information. Yeah, this is just my Assumption. own um, um, thoughts. Yes, and I'm just sad because I think he was always quite a. Uh, leader and uh, when I was in Nagasaki the last time I also watched um, a practice and I thought that he was the, the guy who was really playing um, with how to say like with the most energy in, in practice and he was the one who was um, first when the training session was over he was the first to um, run rounds again around the pitch and so I thought he he is yeah I will definitely miss miss Kayo at Vifaran. Um, I also think that maybe he wasn't so happy actually about Kariya because I remember that Kayo's wife um, tweeted something one time or not just one time or several times um, where she tweeted that um, the players cannot do the right thing if they don't understand what's, what's expected of them. So that also made me think that maybe they are really just like, it's really not going that well with with career. Um, yeah. But anyway, no, I, I don't want to speak about career again. So <laughs> Kayo is the one I'm going to <laughs> miss most. What what about you? Yeah. Uh, in the first place, um, Kayo was one of my favorite players as well. Um, yeah, I have, I got disappointed to have lost Kuwasaki 
Yeah, he he's very uh he's been with his hard work style, he's been contributing to mostly defensive side. And but then I feel I don't feel that much negatively to be honest, but because be, thinking about his age, it should be good for his career. Um, he said uh, he wants to be a national player. So for that, I think like uh, Mike Kumar, um, he has already mm -hmm. done a lot of good job for Bifari Nagasaki. So I really mm -hmm. uh, think about the Well, while I feel disappointed to have lost him, but at the same time, yeah, I see it positively thinking about for his career. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And yeah, like guys like Kuazaki, I mean, it was already, I think there were rumors already quite early that some teams in, the, in J1 um, yeah. were interested in him. And yeah, like as you said, it's just with these guys like Maikuma and back then um, also Kida, who left or only um, after the first season. Yeah, he went a to a J1 different. team. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a different, right? Like uh, how much yeah. contribution the player has made. And Maikuma uh, did a lot. And then I feel Kuwasaki also likewise did a lot for the club. And so that's why I really praise the, you know, admire his decision. Yes. Well, yeah. to be honest, the, uh, well, I'm not going to say a negative thing, so I'll stop saying it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't feel good about Kida's like transfer, to be honest. It was too short. I I think I think the same, and I don't know. He he still is one of the best players at Sendai. I know, but he has moved now to to Yamagata. Yamagata, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I also thought it was too early because he wasn't like he wasn't like Maikuma. Like Maikuma in his first season was immediately, at least after the COVID break, Maikuma was. A starter, and he he didn't come off the bench anymore. He was a starter from the beginning, basically. But Kida, yeah. he was like he made his yeah. debut, like kind mm -hmm. of in the middle of the season, and then he was in and out of the team. So I also thought it was a bit too early for him. But yeah, yeah. I think you know at the time Sawada, you know, he was still competitive with Sawada, so he wasn't like a complete regular starting member mm. you know in the later as you said in the later season uh yeah he quite made her you know many appearance but yeah i, I think it, my impression it was too early so that's why i mm. really feel differently and i pray oh i'll go back going back to kuwasaki's uh, talk um i really admire his decision to move you know, transfer, get transferred to Kobe. Mm. Yeah, with cross fingers. Okay, uh, the next topic is, who do you think consider the key player? So for the coming season, I think um, for me, it's clearly, clearly 
Keita Nakamura, um, who joined the club again for yeah for the second time now um, last year in in during the summer transfer window, and he came in and had a really strong impact. Scored four goals and four assists in in thirteen games, and I really think that Keita is. He is so good that he should be one of the top three to five players in J2. Um, if he can stay healthy, at least, um, that's where he should be. Um, he's also going to be important um, because um, what I saw last season was that also he was kind of, um, how to say, he was the most creative player on Vifalen. And when he wasn't there, I think he had once he was suspended with a red card and then he also had an injury. Like we could see how much he had already impacted the, the, the team because when he wasn't playing, um, there wasn't as much creativity anymore. Um, so I think that he is so good that actually, I mean, that's also a bit negative, but um, that he has such a high impact on the team that when he's not there, um, it can really, how to say, yeah, it will really be bad for, for the offensive play. So. Yeah, what do you think? Who is going to be the the key player in your opinion? Yeah, uh, I have very many players that I like to pick up. Uh, like uh, for side players, uh, obviously Yoneder, Nasiama, Naukus, and Natsuzawa. We have great side players, but I would choose uh, Fama Delgado still because if Fama keep his ability to score. Uh, in this season, likewise, I believe the possibility of grabbing a champion will become clo even closer. So, yeah, in addition to the, you know, recent reinforcement and the more combination and creativity uh, that's uh, being sophisticated for the new manager, I think if Palmer keeps his ability, uh, there's a highly likely possible that will get much stronger than ever. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. I agree with, with Juanma as well. Um, and I also have two, two other players that I wrote down. Like, not like they are going to be key players in the sense of like that they are going to be our best players, but I think they can be extremely important. But first we have to see how much they can do for the team. And um, the first one is Hiroki Akino. Um, I was really surprised how everything worked uh, with his contract because it was announced in November that he was um, not going to get a new contract at the club. Um, but two months later in January, it was announced that he was back, that he got a new contract. And later it was even announced that he was the new first team captain. So this was quite a big turnaround. And... Um, I wonder. I mean, he has been so he had has had so many issues with injuries over the years, and um, I think most of his games. I think he has played more than eighty games for Vifaren, but uh, more than fifty of those games took place already in two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty. So since then, he has basically missed the the biggest part um, of each season, and. But that he was made captain now um, and that he got a new contract after all, it made me think that maybe he really is fit now. He also looks very fit. 
Um, we know that he's a very intelligent player and he's also a left foot. And he, he is a very good passer and he has never scored a goal for Vivarin, but he had, uh, has, I think, 16 assists and about 84 appearances. So if he, I, I, I'm not sure, like since he is a captain now, I, or since he is the first team captain, I wonder if he's going to play. But um, yeah, definitely he can be another player who can give us kind of like the final final boost. And the second one is Eddie Gard Jr. And I mean, we also have uh, Jopu, who made his debut last season and had some like really, I think he had like a goal or assist every 45 minutes of playing time. That's how good he was last season. Um, yeah, we will have to see how good Jopu is in his second year. I guess he will have more playing time. But Eddie Gard Jr. was injured also for several months last season. And he came back for the last home game and had this important assist in the final home game. Um, but I wonder, like now he's also, he's one year younger than Juanma. So Eddie Gard Jr. is 32 now. And last season, he didn't really manage to to challenge Juanma or anything. So I think for us, uh, it's very important that we have another striker who can score maybe 10 goals or something um, because yeah, we cannot 100%. expect Juanma to score. Yeah, we, we cannot expect to uh, Juanma to score 25 or 26 or even 20 goals again. Um, when I checked the statistics um, on Football Lab, I read that um, so Juanma's expected goal rate for last season was 16.4 but he scored 26 and that's really a sign that he just in some cases maybe he had he had luck or he was just playing an incredible incredibly uh, great season like above way above his normal ability so um it's going to be interesting how many goals he's going to score um this year but I would be surprised if he actually gets 20 or 25 again. And that's why I think um, Eddie Gargino can be a key player if if he manages to to score some goals again. It would also make us a bit uh, less predictable, I guess, if we have several strikers who, who are really a threat in front of goal. Yeah, definitely. We can't rely on a single player. So uh, we need to have more, you know, more players who scores a lot, right? Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the final topic, how do you, uh, where do, do you hope that Bifarin will finish? And then where do you think Bifarin will finish? I mean, I guess our hope is definitely they, that they will just I mean, I don't even care if they become first or second, but my the main hope is that they get promoted without having to play in the playoffs. Uh -huh. um, that's definitely my biggest hope. And um, what I think, I think the same thing as every year. I think we have a really good team and we are good enough to actually challenge for um, the top two but J2 is such a difficult division because I always have the feeling there are so many teams, um, like there are the usual teams who you expect to do well. 
And then every year there's another one or two teams that manages to make a push um, for the playoff spots. So if we have another, um, if we have trouble um, and either that we have a poor start or like last season, I think for several months we didn't manage to to win two games in a row, and that's why we couldn't keep up with the with the uh, with the top two anymore. So, yeah, if we can fix our defensive struggles from last mm-hmm. season, and with everything that we know that uh, Shimo Daira is usually like that his his system usually works very well, especially in the first season. Then I think we are. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to uh, make it into the top two. But um, yeah, we at least we we have to reach the playoff spots. And um, yeah, one point that I actually wanted to mention is that uh, Shimo Taira he made a quite good um, statement in this interview that I read. So he said that from what he saw last season, the team was already very good, but they just need to. Uh, stop conceding kind of um, silly goals. Maybe that's mm. it. I don't know silly goals, but like kind of unnecessary goals conceded where you think that it was, you know, like an individual error or, I mean, we had so many of those last season where you said it, like we were the better team and we had the lead in the game, but then it was turned around because there was like one moment of uh, loss of concentration or something. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if this can be fixed and if Shimotaira really can do his magic like he usually does in the first season, then I'm quite optimistic. Um, it's not just my hope, but I really think that we are a top four team at least. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, in the first place, I felt you were very respective and modest. Well, you know... Um, well, it's difficult to expect because of uh, because of a uh, limited knowledge about football for me to expect. <laughs> but yeah, if I'm allowed to say uh, about hop only, uh, definitely top ranked. That's all I can say. We, uh, I hope that mm-hmm. Bifarin will finish at the first in the table. Yeah, that's my hope. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, now let's let's wrap up. Would you like to wrap up? Yeah. So I don't know. Do we have any any? Uh, what I wanted to ask you is actually because there was the news that um, the delivery of the the new um, jerseys for this season is going to be delayed. Oh yeah. Did you I order was... one already? I I haven't yet. But I was so disappointed too. Well, it couldn't be helped. Maybe I assume there has been a lot of internal issues, so I can't complain about the club. But I haven't ordered, but I'm so disappointed to hear the news. Yeah, yeah I think did it's you did you order? Uh, did you take an order yeah. for the shirt? No, I, I didn't. Um, yet I, I actually was thinking this year because now they have a new um, kit provider again Macron mm-hmm. so I'm not sure because I am I am what in Japan would be probably 
a size three or four XL. <laughs> so I, uh... I I wanted to, I actually wanted to buy the new shirt um, when we go there because um, I have had it a few times that kind of my my mother in law, for example, she got me something and then uh, sent it by by mail here, and then it wasn't like big enough, you know, <laughs> for me. So I just I just hope that in October, uh, September, October, when I come to Japan, that there will still be some shirts left for me, and then I can try it on and see. Yeah, I hope that by September, October, that <laughs> they are able yeah. to 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 ship them. <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean, expected it's, to be it, delivered by June or uh, July, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that yeah. it's really, I have to say, it has happened before that they said they had to kind of like, like there were going to be delays with the delivery because there has been such a high demand for the, for the shirts. But I was a bit surprised that it's going to be such a long delay, like June or, or July. That's, yeah, uh, it's that's crazy. going to be four or five months. Yeah, yeah. to be frank, it's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, we can't do anything about it. So yeah, then from me, that's everything. I don't know if you have any any other business you would like to mention. Well, nothing special. We can wrap up. Yes. Okay. Then, thank you for joining me this time. Maybe. Oh yeah, probably we will do this again at some point in the future. And mm -hmm. thanks for listening, everyone, and enjoy the season. Thank you very much. Time. That's it for the J2 season previews. Thank you again to Gary, Daniel and Chikashi for their contributions and to Mike for his help with the Kagoshima section. Thanks to Patreon subscribers for their support and thank you for listening. See you next time. Mm -hmm.